All right. This interview has been, I want to say, like three years in the making. I've said that a few times, but the person we have on today was one of the first people in the beer industry to reach out to us, acknowledge that they listen to our podcast, and uh, is obviously a really cool dude. It's Will Threshold. To make us feel important. Yes. What, Jeff? Just to make he made yeah. he was first to make us feel important. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah, saying. I love I loved it. I love the early days. It's it's Will yeah. Threshold from Travis Beer Company, the creative Yay! director. What up, Will? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's good. It's going really well, and uh, it's it's good to speak with you again, albeit virtually, yeah. just because of our schedules. But um, I was really excited to have you I on. Wish I was like hunkered into that bean, that fucking moon pot you got right yes, behind you. I'd love to just jump into that. This thing is comfy. so yeah. comfortable. Um, we got this at Costco, and my fiance's like, "Look at this! It'd be great." And I was like, "No, this is stupid." And uh, she's like, "Let's get well, yeah, it." Yeah, like, because you gotta. Well, yeah, that's a classic. You know, you gotta do that as the uh, the other person of the. But now he looks stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm exactly. So it's like I'm, when someone brings home a, a stray cat. You know, you're like, we can't do this. We can't afford it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, it's snuggling with you in bed, and you love it. I would get rid of it that same day, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm Jeff a dog hates, person. Jeff hates animals. Just now that it's recording. My house. Jeff it's hates gonna scratch. Animals. It's gonna scratch my shit. Cats just scratch my stuff. That they know that they, I hate it, and then they just do it. All the time. I can tell by your curtains that you probably don't have any cats there. So. No, I have dogs. In fact, he's over there. Let's do yeah, a quick shout yeah, out yeah, dog. to my dog. Jerry. I would love to. Can I? Can we see Jerry? Oh shit! Where is he? He's, oh yeah! Hey, buddy. Oh, there he is. <laughs> he's he is this is for all the audio, audio listeners. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's had enough of this. He's he's good. Yeah. He's so, my fourteen-year-old man. So oh, Will, I love that. <laughs> Will, shout out to Jerry. Fuck. Uh, so Will, you are the creative director at Tribus. Is that correct for your title? Did I get that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. I describe that right. I mean, that's basically even if that wasn't your title, we would just call you that anyways, because that is exactly what you are. Because yeah. you yeah. are the mastermind with all the creative endeavors, right? What do you do, Will? Yeah. yeah, correct. I mean, I do a lot of stuff here. I mean, it's it's one of those titles where like a lot of times if we're in like a beer crowd and uh, you know, I'm meeting some people and I kind of bring that up, they kind of give me this face because it's not, you know. It's something that I kind of adopted from when I worked a lot, like in marketing and branding firms and stuff like that. A lot of times now I just say that I'm like the head creative as if I'm like the head brewer, you know, type of thing. Um, So basically anything creative kind of passes through me. So whether it be something relating to our brand or our, our, you know, any sort of marketing strategies that we have, uh, merchandise, um, you know, even down to just the look and feel of the place, the interior of the place, um, all that stuff, the labels, you know, everything, merchandise, just it all, you know, anything creative that you can think of, I do all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I kind of do like our, on the more nerdy side of things, I kind of handle our website and stuff like that, which is just sort of at this point, almost like a passion project of mine. And, um, yeah. Just all that stuff. So all you it. do it all. Do you have like a team? Do you have do you have, do you have cronies? 
No, I sometimes I kind of wish that I did. I've had a couple people reach out and want to do like an internship, but I'm I need to like get myself more familiar with that. I feel like if anyone did an internship here, they would be like really disappointed because it's just like weird. Like I do very weird hours. I need to get myself being more of like a normal person before I uh, introduce someone to that. Right. I don't want someone to have to go through like, you know, waking up at 12 o'clock on a Saturday and being like, oh, my God, I have an idea. And then just running to my computer and working on it from 12 to 4 o'clock in the morning. But um, <laughs> no, right now it's pretty much all me. I mean, we, we do... Um, have some contracted artists like John Tarka who does all the murals that are actually inside of Travis, like on beautiful. the walls and stuff. Yeah, he does all those Tarka Tanaks on Instagram, Tarka period Tanaks on Instagram. Um, and he's done a couple labels for us, a couple of big hitters. Like, you know, he kind of did the main sort of typeface for Benji, which is like our flagship IPA. Um, but kind of the process for most of those artists, not all of them, but a lot of them is, you know, they'll kind of draw stuff and then I'll ingest it, uh, you know, make it digital, do all the colors and, and all the stuff like that. For that. So um, it kind of all filters through me, but, um, you know, I, I, I want to start using some other artists. Uh, I think we're kind of at that point where, you know, I've kind of defined our brand guidelines enough where I can kind of hand it off to some artists. And I'd like to see what other people do, especially when it comes it? to merch. Yeah, and play with it. But especially when it comes to merch, I think I've kind of, um, I, you know, I'm not the most fashionable guy. And <laughs> What are you uh, talking about, Will? <laughs> I feel like there's some sarcasm in, black, in your voice. In my hold, this isn't a white shirt underneath. That's just what I look like. Yo, um, <laughs> holes in your shirt? That's like super fashionable. People pay yeah. top dollar for that. I, I think yeah, I saw I Kanye so. wearing something like that. And it happened right <laughs> after he lost Kim. And I'm sure that was fashion and not depression. <laughs> yeah, that's the best era to be, like post-Kim Kanye, right? Yeah, so, yeah that's <laughs> the life. You're just dressing for the era, so respect to you there. Um, I'm waiting yeah. for the post-Pete, the post-Kim Pete version of Pete. That's yeah. what I'm yeah, waiting for. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. So... The one of the many reasons why I wanted to uh, have you on the show and I think Jeff can agree to for, for multiple reasons, like one, like I said before, you and Tribus were one of the first people that reached back out to us and was like, hey, if you're ever around, like come by the brewery, like and we really started this conversation. You were the first person. Um, so we always appreciate that. And I remember like when that actually happened, we were like, holy shit, this is crazy this is really cool. It was sort of like that initial spark of this whole podcast thing. So we, we, at least for me, like I'm eternally grateful for that. I don't think you'll ever know that part. But the other part too is I feel like what you do and, and how you are integrated within Tribus is very unique with the beer industry because you put a ton of effort into the creative, everything from like labels to e-commerce to your social media, you do a lot of things outside of the box that work really well. And I think that just from a marketing standpoint, from a design standpoint, I just have a curiosity for those things. It's been very interesting to see. And I love the artwork that you guys do. And I'm getting to this question. Trust me. Like I know I'm I going I just off. thought you were going to just 
kiss his ass this whole interview. It's and like, I'm like, I'm going to enjoy it. it. I mean, it's like on. Michael Scott. It's Michael <laughs> Scott. I, I start talking and black out, and then eventually I, I come to it. But um, the, the question that I actually had is when you're designing like a label from start to finish, A, how many iterations does it go through? And B, um, I would say what is your most prized can label that you've made? Good question. Oh, that's really tough. Told okay. you to pay off. Good, I told you to pay off. It's a, it's a good question. Like, all right, first of all, I just want to start off with, uh, you know, like I'm I'm a creator in general. I love creating things. I love doing things. And whenever I see people who have the same kind of drive, like I love just connecting with them. So like knowing that you guys were doing this and that you were trying really hard and you were doing things that were a little, you know, different and you were doing things that were original, um, and what you were doing, I just gravitated to that. I liked just hanging out as, you know, fellow creatives and coming up to my office and like seeing some crazy shit. And <laughs> so that's kind of where all that, um, you know, bounced off of is like anyone creative is can connect with anyone creative, no matter what the medium is, you know, it's fun just to kind of talk and get that shit going, you know, yeah. but um, when it comes to the labels, I mean, it really depends on the labels. I mean, some of them are um, very straightforward, but challenging. So like a good example would be like our international lager series where we have like beer, B-I-E-R, which is the German Pilsner. Then we have delicious. beer, yeah, which is very delicious. You know, beer, which is B-E-E-R, which is a corn, um, you know, based lager. And that's our American lager. And it's kind of like a, like a Budweiser knockoff, if you will. Um, and then I'll bleep like that. I'll bleep that. <laughs> yeah, we'll bleep out the Budweiser. <laughs> yeah. We'll that. yeah, bleep that. Don't bleep come that for us, Anheuser Busch. Don't do yeah. it. Yeah, I'll bleep that too. <laughs> um, and Cerveza, and now we've done like Pivo. Um, and so those ones are really interesting to me. And and, and Biru, which is uh, the Japanese rice lager, right? And like, so those I really try to pay a lot of attention to because I almost feel like I don't deserve to be doing those labels which i think in a turn you know kind of helps me a little bit so i really look outside for those uh type of labels and like you're asking like what's my favorite one what's the process the process really changes a lot so this is just kind of like um like a little sneak peek into the process of the international loggers right like um for biru i contacted someone who is fluent in japanese and i talked to them about you know, really, what is the word for what we're looking here, you know, looking for here, like, because you can do like a Google Translate and get something, right, but it's not really the same, it might not be the same thing, and and I'm not well versed enough in that language, or really any of any language at all, um, to be any sort of authority on that, so I really wanted to make sure I did it right, so I had a lot of iterations with that going back and forth with this person who is very well versed in Japanese culture, fluently speaks Japanese, has lived there for many years, um, and sending them iterations and kind of using them almost as like my creative director being like, is this okay? Like, is this, I want to make sure that this is really up to snuff. Like I really, so all of those I pay a lot of attention to um, our most recent one was Pivu, our, our Pivo, um, which is a Czech style Pilsner. And the font face that I ended up going with is from a Czech font foundry. And, and 
every single um, international lager that we've done, I've hand drawn the, the the text treatment that is on the can label. Wow! But uh, for Pivo, for Pivo, I don't know why I keep saying Pivo, but for Pivo, um, I actually went with a font, uh, which is the first time that I did that for these international lagers, and it's because it's a well-renowned um, Czech-based font foundry that created the font, and it just connected with me a lot. And it was kind of funny, like, you know, going back and forth internally about it and being like, yeah, this is the idea that I have. Like, this is a Czech-style font. It's from Czech foundry. And people being like, that seems like just like a sort of like an American, like, 70s, like, disco font. And I was like, yeah. no, this is actually yeah. like... <laughs> It does definitely look like that, right? But I was like, no, this actually is... Um, oh, I can see that. looks like uh, uh, the beginning yeah, uh, of a 70s TV show. Brought to yeah, you by 100%. Pivo. Yeah, 100%. And I was like, no, this is actually from... Directly from, um, you know, a Czech uh, text foundry, a font foundry. Like, this is one of their fonts. And um, so I kind of wanted to honor that. So that's kind of like the process really changes. I mean, I've done everything from, um, you know, we come up with a funny name and the image immediately hits me in the brain. I'm on like, okay. And it takes me, you know, 20, 25 minutes, which I'm sure some designers out there can tell because I'm not that great of a illustrator or anything like that. And then there are some, you know, where, um, it takes me a really long time. I mean, gravy, one of our IPAs that we do around uh, Thanksgiving time, like literally is food. Like it's a picture of, it's an actual picture of me carving out the word gravy into a pile of mashed potatoes and putting gravy inside of it. And then also seedless, which uh, let me grab this for you really oh, quick. Oh, he walked away. Yeah. He's going to go. Pick a reference to seedless. Oh, that's there's the cut. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. So seedless. So these are the letters right, for seedless. And oh. um, if you look up seedless, the label, you'll see these letters in here. And I obviously only did the letters that we needed. So I can repeat the E, you know, the three times that it's needed. And I did a lowercase s because I wanted that a little variation and a larger case s and then this swirl here. But this is acrylic paint mixed with um, oh, there it is. jam. So this is literally that. Huh. Um, and so this is, this is like strawberry or raspberry jam mixed with acrylic red paint. Um, and like, I didn't even really need to mix the food into it. I don't know why I did that, but um, <laughs> it really, it really kind of depends. It's, I, I really enjoy um, being able to kind of play around. And that's like one of the beauties of working at Travis is that like, that kind of just let me do whatever I want, which is like really insane and a lot of fun. Yeah. So, so how did you get to Tribus? What brought you there? And what was the journey? It's a good question. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I uh, originally got hired just to do their logo, and I created like a whole booklet of Travis logos, and I had like a bunch of mock-ups in there, you know, it on like a beer can or, um, you know, uh, whatever it might be, some shirts or whatever. 
And then in this booklet that I created that I actually got printed, you know, at Staples, one day I was on a phone call and then one of the last pages of the booklet, I just had it open on my desk and I was in a phone call and I ended up doodling on it. Um, and I just was like, oh shit, I doodled right into this like workbook that I'm trying to like give to these people. So we're going through at um, Eli's of Milford. It's me and the three owners, Sean, Sebastian and Matt. And we're going through all these different logos, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we get to one of these last pages and Sean, the business manager, immediately pointed at my doodle. and was like, <laughs> that's it. That's it right there. That's the one. This is like um, out of a movie. Yeah. And yeah. so that was it. That was the doodle. And, and so I just refined it from there. It was something that I doodled all the time. Just, you know, three lines. Um, so I added the border around it. And one of the biggest things that I, I really thought about when I came to the logo was just looking at other brewery logos so many of them are so intricate um and first of all it's not really my style because i'm not an illustrator i'm really not um and and most of all i when i went to the proportions part of it when i actually created the logo out of that little doodle i made sure the proportions were the same for like a fat tip sharpie and like electrical tape um so it's something that you can really easily make on your own that people can graffiti all over the place hell yeah that's um and that was kind of my whole idea behind it was that i wanted to be something a little bit different from what i was seeing with these craft breweries where it's like you know very intricate designs where it's like all these all this line work and yada 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 so it's just so you so you made their logo you made their logo and then they gave you keys to the car and they just yeah. you, just drive, just go. We love it. Just give us more. And then you just went. Bzz. I made the logo and then um, they were building the brewery and I, they were like, hey, can you come by and like show us the final version of the logo? I came by, showed them the final version of the logo. And I was like, you know, I know how to do this. Uh, I see that you're like trying to do this. I see that you're trying to do can labels, blah, blah, blah. And then it kind of grew, you know, grew from there. And um, I did like the first six can labels which was like freshy beer fix um i don't even uh, funk man funk man which like is not even something that people think about anymore um and a couple other ones and um it's honestly one of my favorite labels that i've ever done that i keep it on my wall over here this is funk man funk man oh i was looking for it's one of my favorite yeah. ones um, so i don't even know if you could find it on the internet because it's it's not we we stopped doing it um but um so i did all that and then it just kind of grew from there they were like setting up some stuff and i was like i know how to you know set up a, a network and digital signage and a website and all that good stuff so so one of the things about the uh, can design and the artwork that you guys use for the cans is that makes it very that's makes it very tribus is that you have the name of the beer in some as you described so beautifully in various examples this crazy font that's specific to what you're aiming for and then like a pretty solid or not too complex background right it's not anything too crazy back there sometimes it's like a swirl like i saw oh. like potion has like a swirl but it's nothing too crazy 
it was that a goal from the beginning to kind of keep that aesthetic, that general skeleton of an idea for pretty much a lot of your can designs, and then you play with it from outside of that, or did that something that grow that grew on later? Um, so it definitely grew a little bit, but from the beginning, I always wanted to not include the style in the text treatment because I think one of the biggest things to me was that if the beer name can live outside of the brewery, that's going to be the most advantageous thing. So like, for instance, our beer, B-I-E-R merch that we create is like some of our most popular merch because it doesn't say beer pilsner. It just says yeah. beer, which can really apply outside of the brewery and be anything. And it's the same kind of thing with like I've been juicing and there's, there's very few like maybe on your hand you can count because I've, I've really tried to prevent this from happening where you'll actually see the style in like the text treatment. Um, and my thought process with that was that that information is always on the can and it's always on our tin tackers, which are in our tap room. So like, it'll always say the name of the beer and then the style underneath it. So if you had a beer named like Citra IPA, then underneath it, it's just going to say, single hop ipa and it's just kind of redundant yes um so that was kind of uh you know a big a, a big part of that and yeah i mean keeping you know i think kind of the biggest adjustment period was making sure that all of our text treatments fit on one rotation of a can um you know so that you could see the full label all the on way one rotation of the can yeah, yeah. instead of needing to rotate it um, sure. So the name would always just be sitting there on one rotation of the can and making sure that that rotation of the can, even though it's a little bit more than visually what you can see, it's like one fourth of the can. So if it's in a four pack, odds are, you know, one of them will be facing outwards. Right. Damn. Um, I, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm I just mean, like looking it at wraps around just right enough, you know, it yeah. wraps around so you don't have to do that. I, I, that's what I really love is the simplicity of the designs and they're super creative within limitation instead of just putting everything in the kitchen sink onto the can and just saying hope for the best. There's something, there's something to that. Yeah. It's like, it's simple, but it stands out. I feel like that's like the yeah. very definition of a lot of like the designs because like visually it's not something that's plain there. It's a lot of bright colors for the most part, like sprinkles, great example. Like, all the different colors in the sprinkles. It's light pink, like for the ice cream on the label. Like they're not muted colors, but there's it's not like a busy label yet. It's still appealing. And yeah, I, I mean, one of sorry, go ahead. No, that that was it. It was just a comment. I'm I'm happy you interrupted. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're we're not um we're not in stores yet, but that's kind of always been in the back of my head is like when we're in stores, um, you know, I went. When, when I first started these labels, I went to a bunch of liquor stores all the way from like my local package store down the street to like, you know, Total Wines or whatever and BevMax and just took pictures of where all the craft beer was um, in the coolers. And um, I bet they thought you were casing the joint. Like, this guy's going <laughs> to yeah. be back in a black mask and he's going to fuck some shit up. They're waiting for yeah, you. I mean, I they have your, they have your picture. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
honestly did always feel like very uncomfortable about doing that. Even though, like no one would really think anything of it. It's like taking some pictures of the cans, but whatever. So I did that. And then I would Photoshop like our cans, what they would look like in those um, coolers. And like one of my biggest things always was like, I, I do appreciate like intricate design, but A, I, I can't do that. Like I'm not an illustrator and I'm even like a really kind of unpracticed designer. And like, I think any seasoned designer who sees some of my cans would be like, oh yeah, this is wrong. That's wrong. This color combination is wrong. Fuck that uh, guy. You know, I don't these, even know who he is. These things Fuck are wrong. Him. Like and but like I'm I, I understand that and I'm fine with that. Like I wear a lot of hats, you know, I'm not just a designer. I, I don't lay my hat up with with the design of the cans, but like the, the, the only thing that I really try to enforce in terms of the brand guidelines is um, you know, the text treatment needs to fit on a quarter of the can label, it needs to fit within the space. And it needs to be very bold line work and very colorful colors. And that's it. Because one day when we are in stores, which will be in the next couple of years at this point, um, not. I want you to be able to look at a can cooler. And in my mind, 99% of them are all this intricate, crazy artwork. And I just want ours to stick out like a sore thumb. And, and if I do the Photoshop, you know, if I sent those to you guys or you see it in there with a bunch of other breweries, like the only thing that your eyes get drawn to are, are our cans because they're just sitting there screaming at you. So yeah. no, they'll stand out for sure. Based on exactly what yeah. you said that is that there's a lot of busyness out there and I like busy stuff. I really do like busy. Yeah. I like something yeah. that's visually overwhelming, um, but I like something that pops I do too. more. So you will yeah. pop just by contrast. Because if exactly. everybody was doing what you were doing, then you wouldn't pop. But just by contrast, that's what will work out for you. I have another question about the can. And unless Tyler has more, we can move on to the other aspects of the amazing things you do. So no, my, next que- my next question was, um, where did the three-word aspect to the, to the can design on the side of the can come into play? When did you guys start saying, like, we're describing your beers um, with just three words? I, I understand the three being try, try this. But where did that come in? Because I thought that's very unique. So, I like that. Yeah, I mean, a big thing about that, I think kind of a big thing about everything that we do here is I really try to not look at what the competition does ever. Um, and in a lot of ways, I think that's hurt me over the years that I've been here. In a lot of ways, I think that helps. But I, there's just so much of that, like looking at what everyone else does. And from the very beginning, I mean, we would try to come up with a couple, like a little paragraph, right? That would describe the beer. Right. And like, no one here is copywriters. And, um, you know, if anyone has that kind of experience, it's me. And like, I don't really like doing that type of copywriting anyways. And a lot of times it's just like, if you really like, if you pull 10 cans out of a cooler, they just use like the same adjectives. It's all the same stuff. It's like, you know. <laughs> Juicy, hazy, horse blanket. I, I know. It's the same yeah, ones all the this time. This Alpine lager has like a, a distinct flavor of hay that's mixed <laughs> with a golden toasted, you know, coconut uh, aftertaste. That Dude, you can like totally nice do this. Soft <laughs> mouthfeel. Like, yeah, you can do it, right? It. Like, it's very easy to do. But I, I think, um, and this is actually, honestly, something that we've refined more over time than anything else is those three words and it's kind of interesting how that happens right like 
you boil something down to just three words and it becomes kind of like, all right, like we really need to pay attention to this part because people do look at it, right? And eventually when it's in stores, like people are going to look at that. They need some sort of description. Um, so like a lot of times what we do now, like if a, if a beer is very hot forward, uh, that's going to be one of the three words. But we used to just do three like ridiculous words. And kind of the, the guideline was always like the first two are very descriptive. And then the last one is just like for fun. Um, and you'll see that a lot that happens. Um, and now we've kind of moved more towards like, let's try to make all three descriptive because people really do look at that. Um, and so it kind of grew out of that. It was kind of like, let's try doing something different. That's not like a paragraph that can describe the beer. So, I mean, if it's like a fruited sour that has raspberry and orange in it, like you don't need to go into this whole rigmarole of like about the history of raspberries. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, like we forged these raspberries from the side of a of an ancient lake that hasn't been touched in 500 years and like I mean, that's, that's all very copy, though yeah <laughs> i mean it's very enticing right but like we're like that's not really us so true has anybody so the, has... the three words would be like raspberry orange and like let's party here like, you know, <laughs> stupid like that. has has anybody <laughs> made an ipa and then just copy and pasted the wikipedia page for ipas and put it right on the can great question has sure. anyone just done that i'm not saying shy but you do that i think that's just you are above that I, this is a very low tier <laughs> idea uh, I'm but sure i'm just saying i'm i'm just saying that would be amazing you just kind of wrap it around and you talk about text and also is amazing it sounds like something that made tribus unique came out of not wanting to do that but more not wanting to do all the other stuff so like we don't want to do that, so we'll do this. Oh, people like it. We're going to become known for it a little bit on our cans. This is our thing now. Yeah, that's, I that's mean, and, and kind of a reversal of a role is like a lot of times when I work with companies, you know, I'm in this role of um, keeping them in check. And it's kind of a reversal where I've purposely kind of kept myself um, you know, I still interact with other brewery brands. I still go visit other breweries because I like to see what they're doing. But especially in, you know, in the beginning, um, I kind of kept myself separated a little bit. And a lot of times I would come up with stuff and, and um, you know, one of the brewers would be like, no, like we can't do that. Like lunch is like, an, like a very famous <laughs> beer by a main brewing company. And like, we can't just name one of our beers lunch. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> Who's going to yeah, stop like, us? It's not intellectual yeah. property. It's a meal. <laughs> exactly. It's not intellectual uh, property if an idiot makes it. So there was a lot of that like um, gatekeeping in the beginning, but like, I'm kind of yeah. happy that it went that way because... Um, and I'm happy that I work with the people who, who I work with, who are vocal and like express themselves. And, and uh, it's, it's very much like a teamwork type of thing. I mean, really there's very, very few labels that have only gone through me. They usually go through our whole team, um, especially like the core group of us. And um, 
I love that part. Like I'm, I'm, I really always think that the best product is made from a group type of setting. And like, there is such thing as too many cooks in the kitchen, but as long as kind of one person is like driving the boat, um, the more input, the better. I mean, you can say no to input, but like sometimes you get input that's completely left field and you're like, wow, I didn't think of that. Or in my case, a lot with, with, with these guys, it's like, wow, I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, And I should take your advice because this is your industry that you, like I'm new to, especially in the beginning. And I, I have a lot to learn from you guys. So, right. Yeah. And a team yeah. effort's always better, I think, as long as everyone's pointing in the same direction, right? Because that's when too many cooks are in the kitchen applies, is when you have a team where you have everybody's pointing in different directions. And so how are you supposed to make sure the ideas make sense and are consistent if everyone doesn't have the same goal? I think that's why Tyler and I work. Like, he is the kind of the lead guy in this whole process. But the reason that um, our we're really proud of our content is that he does listen to me when I say, I don't know about that one time because he trusts that we're both pointed in the same direction. And I do the same right. with him. I'll say something. Yeah. He'd be like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. Make much sense. But we're both, because we trust each other that we're going to point in the same direction. And that's what, that's what makes your brand. That's what makes it. A hundred percent. Because I'm sure there's a lot of times like, you know, Tyler obviously knows a lot of stuff. Right. But I'm sure there's a lot of times where Tyler is like, Holy shit. I did not think about that. Oh, even yeah, if it absolutely. might be even if it might be like really obvious you know like there's you can't think of everything all the time you just you, can't, you can't think, of, think everything. of everything and and sometimes just getting that extra you know whatever is super helpful and um i really i i like it's one of the best things about i tell these guys all the time like you know i've worked with a bunch of startups and and stuff like that and like a lot of times you can tell from the first meeting that like this shit's not going to work. Like the people who are directly involved, like are not on the same page. They're not going in the same direction. And and there is a point to be made about like very healthy argument and very healthy collaboration. And that does not look like just agreeing with each other. That's not what that is. Um, And a lot of people think that's what it is. And it's not like a lot of times, you know, a, a startup, company I, I worked for like a mattress company that was one of those like um like mattresses that you get in the mail that's like wrapped up and rolled up oh, yeah. right um and the leadership was just so on different pages they were going back and forth between stuff and it was like this is just it's not gonna work there's no fucking way yeah and it didn't you got more sleep it work. Yeah. yeah <laughs> should have slept on it more uh i'm gonna there take you know. <laughs> Uh, honestly, my last question, um, I, I just said it before we started recording, but it is around the social media aspect because obviously we love your labels and the artwork and, and everything around, uh, I guess the label with Tribus, but social media is something that we deal with as well from a pop beer related sort of page, if you will. Um, so you do a lot of like the posts, photography, all of that for Tribus, correct? Yes. All right, cool. So the question that I had, I'm curious to hear from your opinion from someone of like a design and creative mindset. Since you started working for Tribus, have you seen like social media and like the beer industry change a lot? Like how people are posting or 
maybe the level of expertise, maybe the equipment. Have you noticed like huge changes since you started posting for Travis? Are we getting better or are we getting worse? Ooh, good follow up. It's it's kind of tough. I mean, um, getting worse. That's that's like a really tough question because like it's it's another one of those things where I really try not to look at the competition and just kind of have fun with what we're doing. Like especially when it comes down to like like day to day stuff is like. You know, we're having an event. We have to hype it up. We need to get people here. Like, we have to post about it. But the stuff that I really care about is, like, a lot of the beer pictures or our videos that we do that we actually spend, like, a little bit of time on doing them. And, you know, in that sense, we try not so much to look at what other people are doing. But um, you also kind of can't help but notice. Um and I think one of the big things that I've been seeing recently is like a, a major shift towards like uh, TikTok. Mm, yep. um, and so we've been like getting on TikTok a little bit. And honestly, like at first I was being a grumpy old man and being like, you know, TikTok, what are, the, what are these kids with the TikTok? <laughs> right. But uh, then I downloaded it and I started getting into it and I was like, this is, kind of a perfect platform for ingesting social media i mean you you know once you get to a point where your feed is all things that you want to see it's pretty easy to spend a few hours on there and not even realize like it just kind of goes by yeah and um i didn't think that i would be saying that but it it's happened to me i mean you know design talk and uh you know, even like watching people clean out pools, like that's the oh, one of yeah. the main, yeah, some guy that I follow, like is just a pool cleaner and he's got, <laughs> you know, you know, 20 million views or whatever. On, <laughs> what on the TikTok. fuck, man? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> one of those things where like Nuts. you really, yeah, you really, I, it's a really tough question because like, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll make a video and we feel really good about it. And we'll post it and we'll even have people like text us and be like, oh, like that's like a viral type of video type of thing. And and um, I think a lot of it kind of just comes down to luck. I think a lot of it really comes down to like hitting it at the right time. And a lot of these like viral videos, especially that you see on TikTok are so like kind of off the cuff or like things that when you see them, you're like, why did I not think of that? Yeah, that it's like a lot of commonsensical stuff that like if you are kind of being cognizant of your surroundings and like, you know, just thinking of like an everyday thing that affects people, um, you can just kind of get lucky with the timing and and hitting the right vein of being like, oh, that's super relatable. And and then the algorithm favors you and more right. people see it and. It's it's a tricky game, and and yeah. I definitely don't claim to know about it at all. And I mean, I I even think that our social media um, occasionally takes like a big drop. Like uh, right now, we're kind of in a period of we're doing like a lot of informational posts where we're posting. We have so much shit going on. Yeah. Um, in the month of of April, that it's kind of hard to get anything creative or, or, or original on there a lot of it is just like here's an event going on and then the next day it's like here's an event going on and and uh you see that stuff just take this like deep dive on your um you know interactions and stuff like that whereas 
when we're posting original content and we're posting original videos, like you do see the numbers go up um, and you can even see it on a public facing side, just from likes, like just going through yeah. our, our Instagram, like you can, it's, it's very clear. Um, not even looking at the analytics and like, I, I don't really know, you know, like I'm not a, I'm not an expert in this stuff and our social media, like we really do as a team and kind of the only mindset that I've kept with all of us is like, let's try to just be true to ourselves because every single person here really likes um, acting in a sense. Like we've always, we kind of grew up in friend groups where like people would make, you know, funny videos on like their dad's camcorder or whatever. And like, have a good time with that and like yep. we definitely try to keep that same thing alive and we really just try to have a good time with it i try not to do too many trends even though you know recently i thought to myself like you know maybe we should if it's something that fits kind of nicely into our right. into our brand like you know maybe i should kind of kind of uh jump on the bandwagon a little bit i don't know it's a very complicated question i really don't think that anyone has an answer for it i think even yeah. someone who has millions of followers would would maybe say the same thing and if they're not if they're trying to give you some formula i think that luck is so involved in what happened that, to them that that's that's what drives me nuts is you brought up luck and the algorithm and i think algorithm is the luck yeah, I don't think it's luck then algorithm in that order. You know, I think it's algorithm is the luck. It's a great point, and, and I that's what kind of drives us. Our last two videos will are a great ex example of that. We put two reels out in the last couple of weeks. Okay, we yeah, kind of do them every the, other or every week or something. I'll get the numbers. And, for and I'm gonna I'm gonna guess first. I'm gonna estimate. The last time I checked them, our our second to most recent one. Yep, had, had was within a hundred views. Yep, one seventy nine. One seventy nine. Our most recent one broke a thousand. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And yeah. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. What the hell is that? Like, I'm not saying everything. <laughs> and your one that thousand. broke a thousand is just like, <laughs> just me. Why I can't watch the whole thing with audio on. No, but, that's fine. Uh, like, yeah. they're they're yeah. basically the same as they're both like beer review reels. They're both the same shtick, right? But as you could, if you scroll down, like we see, we see a bunch of stuff where we have a two thousands and we have 500 and we have 300, but to see like a, a drop off within a week and, and sometimes you just hit on the day or something and you see people are checking their phones more, but yeah, what are you supposed to do with that as content creators? When this is the way people are starting to make a living now, they can't even get a gauge for their marketing audience because yeah. they can't afford a marketing research team so the marketing research are the analytics you get from your videos and our audio listens and even supposed to make a, are you supposed to make a pivot are you supposed to like all right this is really working or this doesn't work for us and maybe we can stay on our track of the mission we have but maybe we can make a pivot to make sure more people are seeing what we're doing how are you supposed to make sure that this is you know people are looking at it I don't know. I, I just kind of throw it out there. It's kind of promoting yeah. a very punk rock and aesthetic, which is just do what you like and sh everyone can fuck off because there's no way to tell otherwise. Yeah. There's like, there, there's definitely that side of it. And then there's definitely the side of like playing the game and kind of yeah. looking at what's popular. Yeah. I don't think you can play the that. game though. But like, you know, like on TikTok, for example, like right. if there's a popular sound that's going on, like, or a popular filter like if you hop onto that like 
you're going to get more views. And it, it sucks that yeah. that's kind of the way so it is. Then they're but... kind of the opposite of a punk rock attitude that's very conformist. <laughs> and so you're like, go <laughs> yeah, no, like, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But then you so do true. find these creators out there, you know, on whatever social media platform it might be, where you're like, wow, I really appreciate your originality, your creativity. You're literally yeah. just doing what you do. One of my favorite creators on TikTok is a guy who makes teapots. Um, and if you're like a TikTok person, you you have probably come across this guy. And I can tell just on the footage that it's just an iPhone in cinematic mode watching this guy make teapots. Good. And it's so relaxing. It's got this great music over it. The lighting and everything is perfect, right? Um, it's it's one of those things where so much of this comes down to right time, right place, right? And then a big part of it also comes down to just doing what you like. And I think right. it's really hard. You know, I we just did an influencer event here at Travis Beer Company where oh, they actually God. asked me to like speak. Um, and I like I'm not an influencer in any means. Like I don't I don't really like love social media but i digest it and i treat it like for what it is for myself um and i'm definitely not an influencer at, by any means but i think one of the biggest things that i got as a takeaway from that is like you know you could be an artist who makes these beautiful works of art and you could put yourself out there and put this process out there and you could just be getting 100 views you know 200 views 300 views and then you could have one random comment that might even be a fucking bot comment saying right. something like, you, you suck, like, go go back home or like whatever the fuck it might be, right? I wish. I wish I would even get that. <laughs> yeah. And like, <laughs> but, Honestly. You know, in, that, in that sense, like it kind of breaks people's um, yeah. will to kind of oh. keep going. And I think like if you're a creator, unfortunately, you have to remember that this time in history is the first time in history that you have access to something like this. No, at no other time, even- and access the whole world. Right, even like 10 years ago, it might be a stretch, maybe let's say 15 years ago, right? Like you didn't have access to this. Like, and there, there, are, there, are, there are games that you can play, right? If you have enough money, you can do an Instagram campaign or something like that, where you're getting in front of a lot of people. But in terms of going viral, like that thing that every kind of, you know, grassroots uh, small business wants to do without spending a shitload of money is like you are competing in a space that is so large that has never existed in human history before at all. So 20 years ago to get that much exposure, even to get a thousand views on something was like you would have to go to like Ma and Ma in New York and like get a subway ad or a magazine ad or a TV ad or something like that. Like that didn't exist back then. And so you're competing in a space that's so enormous that you kind of need to either A, play the game and shut up, meaning like watch the trends, play the trends, you know, sell your soul a little bit, play into these trends, which I don't, I don't discount anyone who does that. Like if you're a small business trying to make it and you're hopping on these TikTok trends or Instagram trends, like good for you, like good for you for being on top of that stuff where you can kind of play the game a little bit. I've got no problem with that at all. And if you want to go down the harder route of being like, 
original and trying to set trends or something like that, then you need to be well aware that you're competing with not just Everyone. thousands of people, yeah. millions of people across the whole world. Yeah. You know, the so, whole world. So, so my question is then, do you, do you think that um, an individual's TikTok or Instagram, like it's someone like a, a, someone who makes teapots, right? Like an individual who's doing something cool. You do new musicians out there who there's so many musicians and on these things they're showing off are playing a different game than those who have a small business like Travis. Are you guys playing the same game? Are you guys in the same world or is there, or let's, 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 let's compare you to like some more in your field, right? We, we interviewed a guy. Um, he's out in Chicago. He's known as beer aficionado. Um, and he works at revolution brewing and, Correct me if I get any of this wrong, Ty, because I'm going to... You're correct okay, so cool. far, yeah. Um, he, he has a TikTok that's very popular talking about yeah. beer culture, right? And it's and it's funny because it's like, like yeah. We, too. It's like yeah. both. Um, are, he's an individual doing this on his own versus you guys, which is like you and a creative team kind of working to promote, to do something fun that also helps promote the business. Are you guys playing the same game? Um, in a lot of ways, yeah, but probably not because like, um, I think for someone like them, the majority of their business comes from their social exposure. It comes from their, their web presence, you know, across the web. Um, and, you know, for someone like that, like their whole stick is, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, you know, reviewing beers and being very integrated into the beer industry, right? Um, and so their platform is these different platforms, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, or, um, you know, TikTok. And so like, that's where they're making their money. I mean, that's not where we make our money. Right. You know what I mean? So like, for for us, like, we don't get sponsorships. We're not so maybe worried it's a little bit more free for you guys because so, you're not so in that, on that sense yeah in that sense i guess maybe it is but at the same time like would i take that yeah i would if we could if we could monetize our social media hell yeah you know we're yeah. a business like i would love to be able to get to a point where i could shill out uh for a sponsorship in a video we're looking to you anheuser like, bush what are you guys yeah, doing exactly we yeah. won't believe that one out come, come <laughs> at us <laughs> And like, you know, I have one idea that's coming up pretty soon that we're doing, which is like a trivia show um, where it's like a split cam, you know, real um, TikTok type of thing where I'm I'm the host of a trivia show. And the first show is just the three owners, but we'd like to expand that and like, you know, stuff like that. And eventually I would love to get people to sponsor that type of thing if it took off, you know, that'd be really yeah. cool. But, yeah. you know, 90% of our our revenue, not even 90, 100% of our revenue comes from distribution and taproom sales. Like, there, there's nothing related to our social media that does besides informing people at this point. So your goal is to up taproom and distribution sales. It's not so much to make money off the actual videos and audios. It's just that is a way that's your advertising for yourself to push the rest of it. A hundred percent. It's free. So it is a little bit of a different game than say us. It's a, like, it, that would I be would say it's a different game. Yeah. Like, you know, we're trying to just get people to come into the tap room. That's it. That's the end of the day goal because that's where you make the most money. You don't make the most, most money off of canned sales. You don't make the most money off of distribution sales. 
you make the most money off of people coming into the tap room yep. and hanging out here and drinking beers for six to nine dollars a drink you know um that's where we as a company make money so like no one here besides me is even thinking about uh stuff like that i you know i'm a big fan of this modern culture of like TikTok and and YouTube and things like that. Like I support a lot of YouTube creators. I will subscribe to them and I will even do their Patreons and stuff like that for like $5 a month or whatever, because I, I think it's like the future of kind of digestible content. And I see a lot of these content creators on YouTube, especially, which is where I spend a lot of time who make these, netflix worthy you know documentaries or pieces and they're spending weeks and weeks doing this stuff and like i'm like yeah you deserve my money and i kind of think that's the future where you're kind of having a more selective process to what media you're ingesting and and i'm going straight to the creator too exactly yeah and i would love to get to a point where we have a product that's good enough online where people would be like, yeah, I want to support that. So I'm, I, I am in a way trying to create some situations where we can do that. Like this Tribus trivia thing is like a trivia game show that we're going to do online that I think is really fun and different from, you know, normal trivia type things. And, and there are opportunities, like I've designed it this way to be open to sponsorships and things like that, where we can even have other breweries sponsoring being out there. Like I want it to be something that can kind of live outside of it. And it's not like Trivus trivia. Like what's the first beer that Trivus did? Like it's just general trivia and fun games and like a beer question thrown in like once in the entire thing, you know, it's like, because beer content is like very niche. It's, it's so not... niche. We know it. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we know. <laughs> yeah, we do. It sucks trying to get uh, any sort of engagement because it was really that. funny. I think Ty, you said, I, I, you, I'm sure you were like, you're exaggerating and you're joking. So I know that. But Probably. he was like, you know, one day, what if we get like as big as Joe Rogan? I'm like, dude, I wasn't exaggerating. Wow, man, I can dream. I was like, bro, listen, I know what you're trying to say. Like, you want to be, what if we were bigger where we could, like, make a living off of this? Like Joe Rogan. (laughs) But the reason reason we're not going to be like those things is because of the topic we chose. Yeah. Right? It's because we already already put ourselves in a box. And that box is for those who drink craft beer. In Connecticut. No, no. We start there. That's the biggest box we get. Nothing bigger than that. That's the biggest one. Then it's Connecticut. The third smallest state. <laughs> or the second. No, you narrow it down. You narrow it down. Yeah. Uh, it, you know what? And it's funny. Yeah. And then we'll get to our last question. Sorry. Go ahead, Will. Well, it's just so funny to me, too, because you, you two are very good at doing this, right? And you're both interesting people. And, like, when we were here, you know, in my office talking about stuff, like, not whole, not a whole lot of it was about craft beer, like, no. no, you know, N1056 like is not necessarily tied to any sort of craft beer thing unless it's something totally lost on me. That it, I don't well, it, it, it wasn't originally until we were reminded that it is a type of yeast strain 
So yeah. yes, it is, but that wasn't on purpose. <laughs> no, it totally by accident. Yeah, totally if someone out. knows the 1056 East <laughs> frame, like you don't, you don't have to worry about that. First. It was a yeah. home. It was like a home brewer who like reached out. I was like, is that because of the East strain? And I was like, no, we're not. We're not that niche. Like <laughs> we're not gonna like put people to sleep with this podcast talking about like home brewing. Like, there's enough of that out there. Um, yeah, like I think you guys could do whatever the fuck you want to do. Really, I, I mean, you know, I I think you should. I think you could explode it. There's nothing about your podcast that, from like a branding standpoint, yeah. to me, says like craft beer. You know, like it does in the Ooh. sense of like if you connect the two dots, like yeah, it does. It works well, but like you could have anyone on here. Like I would love to just talk to to you about stuff that has nothing to do with craft beer we I'd can have you on here. more than once will don't oh you? yeah, yeah we I would love part to two. like i would love to come on and just talk about whatever like i'd love right. to come yes. on and talk about fucking anything really so so the like craft some, beer thing the pyramids like you know yeah the, cra- <laughs> let's the craft get, beer let's thing. get weird <laughs> we, we've, we've said this on the show before i think but the craft beer thing came because we did have a show about everything and nothing and it wasn't yeah. working because we needed yeah. we needed some kind of focus we not that we You're needed right. to okay. create a box but we needed especially at the beginning of a process like creating a podcast which we've never done before we needed to have something to at least talk about while we figured the rest of the shit out yeah so we picked craft yeah. beer because it's something that we were both into tyler knows a shit ton about and we're like that's going to be our focus and that's where we but we have we've had some really great ideas that involve yeah. nothing to do with craft beer. In fact, what's what's I'm going to share some. We we really yeah. we really love the the idea of streaming. We did used to do oh, live yeah. shows. We used to do the live shows on Instagram. We stopped doing that mostly because we're not next to each other, so it's harder. Um, but we really like the idea of streaming, Twitch, you like yep. that kind of thing. And we wanted to do something gaming related because that's what we both love. We wanted to do, I, th- I thought it'd be really fun to um, watch old episodes of game shows and just like talk over it and be yeah. really stupid about it. Like we, Fuck that's yeah. one of our favorite moments. Tyler and I would, when we lived together, we would just throw on family feud and yeah. just watch the shit out of it. And then we would play an extra version of this. Well, you would really love this. It's, we yeah. would like to play family feud on mute. So we hear the answers, <laughs> we see the answers and try to guess what the question was. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Right. And we That's throw great, that on, yeah. on like some kind of some version of that. Um, you know, we could add like, what are you drinking while we're doing this? But that could be like a side thing just yeah. to kind of tie a brand together, be varies to the side. Don't spend a lot of time on it. And those are kind of ideas that we're actually having for the future that tend to not really have anything as much to do with craft beer. And so. I'm okay with that. Like I, I yeah. really, I think to Jeff's point too, it's like, if we want to really grow, like if we start making like business decisions and are like, how can we grow this to a self-sustaining business, which is a 1% chance, even if you have it set up to begin with, um, you just know that like eventually you'll have to pivot beyond beer because it's so niche. So um, I, I think just with Jeff and I's creativity, I feel like it's also advantageous for us to branch out like to see what else is out there and see what else we can take advantage of from like streaming or just like creating videos like we used to like way back in the day um i don't we even have a name for the gaming thing dude we even have a name for the gaming thing it's called 1050 sticks yeah it's great there you go there you go boom it's right there it's yeah perfect i mean you guys you guys have like a a, you know a very like a, a knowledge about marketing and branding too though it's like you could 
very much so talked to like business owners and people who have created business all the all the way up from like the dude who created Whole Foods to like your local, <laughs> you know, kombucha place that was just starting up. Like, uh, I, I think you got the chops for it. You got the voices for it too, which is a big thing for it, you know. And like, you got the drive. Like, and yeah, I mean, this like, ego. let's keep it going. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Keep well, it going. we already have a hard time finding hats. <laughs> I mean, even like, like, for instance, the Travis trivia thing that I'm creating right now here is like the only beer related part of it is that in the beginning, each contestant, the the thing is like, what's your name and what are you drinking? Yeah. And like, that's That's all you need. That's all all you need. It's got, it's got nothing. Like, I don't care if they're drinking a Travis beer. I don't care at all. Cause that's not like what my job is. My job is to just get the Travis name out there as far as possible right? in terms of like, I'm not a brewer here. Yeah. So like my allegiance doesn't lie in our, our, our product besides promoting people to come here and try it. And I know because I believe in the product that huh? if I get people to just do my side of it, or if it's like, all right, that place is like quirky and cool or whatever. Like I want to go there. Then that, then my job is done. I don't, I don't need to rely on the, the product side of things because like I have complete faith in the brewers here and I obviously sample the, the product quite a lot and I know that it's delicious. So like if yes. people come in the door here, that's my, my job is over. Once they enter the building, my job is over. That's and like, that doesn't, it doesn't mean to say that I don't care about the product. If I didn't believe in the product, I've been a part of. But it's plenty it's of not your main focus. It's not yeah. your main focus. That you you yeah. you've explained it beautifully. Yeah, I mean yeah. it makes and sense. Yeah. One last point before Jeff's last question. Uh, I think your point of not looking at competition and also not coming from the industry from a marketing standpoint almost makes you stand out because of that. Because you're doing the like best. The, that's the best marketing answer ever. It's like you're not selling the physical liquid inside the glass, like you're selling the brand, you're selling something non-tangible for someone to come in. Like you're selling an experience and based on that experience, people want to pay for it. And I, I just feel like in like in the beer scene in general, you just get a lot of people who are either brewers who can be artistic and create labels. Not that the art isn't bad. The art is amazing. And, and there's a lot of talent in this community but it's interesting to see a fresh perspective. Someone outside of the industry come in, do what you guys are doing. It just kind of adds to like why we were excited to get you on just from a unique perspective. Um, so that was my closing thought. Jeff, close it out. So I like to ask our guests every episode at the end of the episode, a very serious and important question. And that question is, I'm sure you know where it's coming from. Will, what is in your fridge? What is in my fridge? Okay. What's in your fridge? Like my fridge at home or my fridge here? Will, what's in your fridge? <laughs> your fridge, your fridge here. How about that? We'll make it. We'll point, point right, you in yeah. a direction. My fridge, my fridge here. I have a very, like, astute collection of Travis beers that I'll pick and choose beers that I really like, and I'll hold on to them for a really long time. Even if the brewers are like, "Hey, that's not a beer that you should hold on to." You should just drink it. You should. It's not going to taste good in three years. I'm like, no, I'm treating it like a wine. It's going to taste great in three years. I want to see what it tastes like in three years. So that's like three shelves of my fridge here. And then my other shelf is like, yeah, it's like um, pickles. 
You know, I love a good pick. <laughs> Cornish ends. I got some really nice Cornish ends going on there. And then um, plenty of dino nuggets. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of dino hell, nuggets. Hell it's, yeah. It's a perfect snack. You know, you get the, the nooks and crannies. You get the nooks and crannies. That's what you want from a chicken nugget, right? Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna air fry a chicken nugget, you don't want this round disc of no. just like God, that's no. the nook. Those are the nooks and crannies right there. Yeah. It gets but wedged in a, there. Right. If you do a dino mm-hmm. nugget, and I can't even do it with my fingers, that's how complex <laughs> yeah. they that, are. That, that's then you right, get, right there. You nailed it. You, you get a, st- a stegosaurus. And they've mm-hmm. got plenty of nooks and crannies, and you got these little pockets of crunchiness and deliciousness. And do you think and, like and, do you think like Gordon Ramsay's aware of the intricacies of Dino Nuggets, or is he out there <laughs> thinking like that's a load of bullshit? Because you're right. If the if the chi- if the fried chicken doesn't fucking look like, or whatever it is, it, if the chicken doesn't look like an extinct animal, it can fuck off. Uh, you know, I had this conversation today that if it's a shaped food, right? What's your if you're having Kraft macaroni and cheese, you know what's the best version of Kraft macaroni SpongeBob. and cheese? SpongeBob. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yes, you know, we're Spon- all the same page. Yeah, yeah. Spon- Spon- that's what I was gonna say, right? SpongeBob is from our era, right? Or yeah. like nowadays, you have like Elsa's, like from Frozen. Garbage. It's fine. No matter <laughs> no, what. Ty, no, Ty, open your mind. Stop being so close-minded. Yeah, no matter what it is. The shape, you get the nooks and the crannies. You get the things. You don't want to get, get all the nooks and crannies of Elsa? You don't want to get all of those <laughs> nooks and crannies? Ty, this come on. Best, this is the best possible answer to that question. We've had like some really good – we had some people on from Nebco, and they had like a really good answer from a beer perspective. This was just the best like overall answer I could have possibly imagined. Yeah, I, I mean, fuck the beer. Everyone likes beer, right? So like if you like beer, you're going to like beer, and you're going to like what you like. It's hard to have a very strong opinion about beer because it's so wild. It's yeah. so different. Like, I really love, like, lagers and wild fermented ales. Like, we don't do – the lagers that we do at Tribus, like, they're fantastic, right? They're really, really good. good. But we don't do any wild fermented things. And, like, um, as much as we'd like to, and maybe in the future we will. I mean, everyone here likes those things, right? But, like – uh, that those are my types of beers like i went to oxbow um in maine um last weekend it was the first time i was there and like i was blown away i was like this is my type of shit all these the beers they're like yeah this this is exactly what i like i like like these cool shit fucking lagers and wild fermented you know sours and things like that and i love those types of beers and we we do as much as that as we can here but we don't have any we don't have a cool shit here you know, we don't have a shed out back in our our like industrial lot that we're in. Like, we don't have that. You know what like, you need? Don't... You know what you need? You need Tribus to open up a place called Area Three, right? Just like <laughs> Tribus Three, and and it and it will be awesome. You do all the weird experimental stuff there, and it'll really yeah. fuck with Phil Markowski's head. I think. I feel like it really yeah, gets. It'll fuck with two roads. So two like, roads will just be that? like, whoa! They wouldn't know what <laughs> to do about three. it. They're gonna be like, shit! They they took our next name. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it! Uh, well, well, uh, I, I will say we need to do a part two, like 100%. Um, person. I technically, this is part All right, three. The only way I want to do a part two is if we literally don't talk about beer. Fine. That's totally, I, I would love Almost the entire time. Like, let's like hit me with like some random ass subjects, whether gaming related. Like I'm a big gamer. I love games. Good. Uh, let's do anything, ner- anything nerdy at all. Really? 
Like, Yo, it was yeah. some space yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was some games. Like, let's just talk about some random ass Conspiracy shit. theories. We could talk about how Ooh, the Denver airport was a billion dollars over budget. Largest airport right. in the world. Yeah, exactly. What are they doing with that big horse in front of that place? What, what's going on there? <laughs> like, I'm, yes. Stay tuned, I, folks. Oh Stay God, tuned. Yeah, do a part please, two so bad. Please, please, please. I, I, anytime. And we'll do it in person. Want... And this is my promise because oh. I know we're here because of me. Yeah. My promise Get is this asthma. next episode with you, Will, will be in person. We'll do all of this in person. Yes. That would be great. That would be fantastic. Please, like, I, I, I will do this anytime. I love talking about anything, really. And you guys are really fun to talk to. And I really think we should just go a little bit off the walls and like do it. Have a fucking episode where the title is like Area 52 question mark. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. You know? Oh man. That's gonna be this like the ironic part, that will be our most listened to episode. I will yeah, bet my whole yeah. mortgage on that. That that will probably happen. I'm about it. Yeah. That yeah. was it. All right. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, no, you guys are just you're great. I love talking to you. I, I I've missed you guys. It's been a long pandemic without seeing you around here. Oh, no. I've seen you like in some random spurts, right? I'll right. Yeah. One of you trivia and stuff. in the tap room and I'll be yep. like, hello, I got to go, but nice to see you. Yeah. And um, it's just fun. I don't, I don't know a lot of people that I get to talk to about like stuff that I'm interested in. Like, you know, we all like all this like nerdy shit. Like let's get let's into like some of that. Part two is coming. I cannot yeah. wait for it. Will, uh, shout out the social media for Tribus. If you have a personal uh, social media you want to plug as well, now is the time and we'll send you on your way. All right. So the Tribus social media is just at Tribus, T-R-I-B-U-S, Beer Co. Anywhere on social media, we all have the same handle. And then my handle is Tribus Will um on instagram and you can follow me there for some behind the scenes stuff that i haven't updated in six months awesome yes maybe you'll maybe you'll get something down the line i don't know but i I love it follow me on there and uh, yeah and follow these guys 1056 podcast first love first guest first person to shout us out on our own show yeah look at that if you're if you're on apple if you're on apple podcast give them a review would you yeah, it really we helps. Forget out. to do that. We it really to does. That. Yeah, so if you're on, if you're listening on Apple, would you give them a five star review, please? If you're on Spotify, I don't know what you do on there, but if you're on Google Play, switch to Apple and, and Spotify. Yeah, right. please. Like, what are you weirdo? Doing? What are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Will, uh, seriously, thank you so much. I cannot wait for part two of this. It's gonna be a zoo. Let's do it. I yeah. cannot wait. Thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate it. All right. Love you guys. Love you too, man.